Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Thursday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia live on X-Faces sometimes during the show. Syracuse pulls off the sweep of Pitt, and uh, I couldn't be happier about that. I couldn't be happier about... Seeing that stadium with five people in it, it's back to the the petting zoo days from a few years ago, Joe, when we used to joke it then, and then it it came back to life in the last couple of years, and and then again, just back to the pets. So, uh, no pun intended. Uh, a, ca- yeah. a quad one win the day of, but the day after the loss to Syracuse, uh, Pitt's going to drop in the net. So now it's a quad two win for the Orange. So. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you in fan feedback. I checked again right before we came on, and and um, Oregon is still technically a quad one win. So, uh, you know, you go out and you beat a quad one team, and because you beat them, they drop in the net, and then now they're not a quad one win anymore. It sucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it's kind of the good yeah. and the bad of it. But, you know, I, I don't – the way Pitt was playing, I don't know if they bounced back. And uh, are able to get back up there, you know, being that we're a full-blown conference play now. And, um, you know, they got Duke coming up. They got Wake Forest, um, Louisville, Clemson, Florida State. So, NC State twice. So, anyway, we'll see what happens with all that. But um, a good game for Syracuse to bounce back after the uh, worst loss in conference play since joining the ACC, that being the game against North Carolina. <laughs> so and, glad uh, I got to see it in person. Yeah, like y- you're a part of history. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Sick to my stomach. So there was points you made and there was points I made during the preview. And um, not that you and I were, were tug of war on points, but both of the things we feared, all, all of it happened. So uh, Baycott, uh, it was just unstoppable and – Maybe because he's 30 years old, maybe because he's really good, maybe both. Um, but with that said, I mean, you know, it's a North Carolina is an older team. We're quite a bit younger. And Syracuse just proves again that they're just not ready for the big time. But to my point, they are pretty resilient and not letting a UNC or a Duke beat you twice. They come back and they, yeah. they go ahead and they, um, pull themselves up by their bootstraps and, and get after it. JJ Starling with a, with a stellar day, um, led the team in points with, uh, 22, I think, or 20. And, you know, I mean, 50, 58% from what was this? Oh, Starling it was 17. Sorry. Um, 58% from three though. And it, without that, they don't got it. They don't got that game. And, and Hinson was just, I mean, held in check again. He was held in check for both games. He didn't shoot good against us either game. And, um, you know, you stifle their best player and, and you got a home crowd that's less than exciting. And, you know, you've got a, um, you know, when we, get, we talk about rivalries, you know, a lot of the younger guys like to talk about, at least a couple of years ago, like to talk about Duke being a rival and all this stuff. Like this Pitt-Syracuse rivalry is just true. And it is 
it is something that will it will never go away. No matter who's on the squad, no how many years have been have been um, this this rivalry's been played. No matter who's coaching, it's just one of those things. It's a it's heated. It's almost like you put on those two jerseys and play each other, and there's just hatred there. And um, we saw it. I mean, it's good. I like yeah. it when when things get chippy. But I think what I think what Hinson did was a dirtbag move, standing over a player like that, like. Like you're not even allowed to do that shit on a football on a football field, and they're out there yeah. hitting one another. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, probably could have been, should have been, in my opinion, uh, ejected for that. But um, you know, Syracuse comes out on top of that. It shows maturity for these young guys to come out there and compose themselves and and go on. I think they went on like an eight nothing run after that, and and just started to pull away again. So um, just a just a good game. I'm a, I'm worried about. What goes on at center? Uh, I saw Benny down there. I mean, that's obviously not an ideal uh, situation for Benny or the team. So, um, you know, uh, surgery for uh, McLeod, I think, has is, is, is come and gone, and he's going to be out yeah. for the rest of the year, obviously. So, uh, you know, the, the center position going forward, and we knew that McLeod was going to be out, but it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, now we got to shift, right? Because we just got news, obviously, this past couple of days that, um, you know, Naheem McLeod's out for the season and William Patterson is going to be getting redshirted. So we have Hema, we have Carey, and then the mixture of Malik Brown and Benny Williams can play small, a small center anyway. <clears throat> so, yeah, big question mark. And again, uh, to kind of not, not to go backwards, but you know, the North Carolina game. I know I did bring up my worry was their size and rebounding and how we kind of give up a lot of offensive rebounds anyway. Um, that was obviously, you know, that's what we saw. They killed us in rebounding. They had 19 offensive rebounds. Um, Ingram and Baycott both had uh, double doubles with over 10 rebounds and 10 points. And then they had their two um, forwards, or their, four, their two big guys that came off the bench, both had six rebounds apiece with 11 points. Um, so just all four of them were just highly successful and um, throughout the whole game, no matter who was in there. And now we get this news. So, yeah, um, obviously those bigger teams are gonna are gonna pose a different type of problem for us. And uh, even against Pittsburgh. You know, they still had 15 offensive rebounds and they beat us in rebounding. Yeah, um, they did. So I'm just I'm, I'm glad that glad that we could shoot, you know, 58 percent from the three. We had seven different players hit threes, which, you know, I don't know when the last time that's happened uh, on a Syracuse team. But um, but yeah, to your point, um, they, they played very tough. They were resilient um, and. I kind of thought something was going to happen. There's a member last game. It wasn't too long ago, you know, Henson and Judiments and, you know, um, and Copeland, they were, you know, talking back and forth and there were some things going on in the last game. And then ever since we, we shut down Henson, I think I, I read a stat somewhere or something that he's just like, cause he was something like 45% from the three point line coming into the first time yeah, we played against two him for 12. What was he? Uh, well, c- coming into the first time we played him, the first oh, gotcha, time, the gotcha. first game, he was like shooting forty something percent from the three point line for yeah. the for the season, and then he didn't do great the first game. And I guess up ever since that game, he's been on an, um, you know a cold streak. I think they said something like six of thirty one from the three point line in the games in between since they played us up to this point. Um, and obviously shot eleven more last night, but. Um, they got to figure something out because it's getting to the point now where there was a certain, I mean, there's some shots before, like the first time we played Blake Hinson, I figured he, whenever he could get a three point shot off, it was a good shot for him. But, um, you know, the end of the game, Wednesday night, I'm thinking to myself, like, these are really bad shots for Pittsburgh. So, uh, funny how that perspective changes, um, after a huge cold streak, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it came down to the shooting because the turnovers that it wasn't, you know, a crazy gap. The personal fouls wasn't a crazy gap. The free throw line, I mean, it was nine to seven. Um, so it came down to shooting and it came down to percentage. And, you know, if you remember we, we, last game, it was free throws that killed Pitt last game. Yep. This this game, this game, it was us actually hitting our threes. I mean, that's really what it came down to for, for them anyway. But, um, you know, Syracuse isn't always going to hit 59, 58.8. 
percent no from behind the arc right and um you know we had brown his, you know he's struggled the past couple games but i don't expect that to continue but i mean he had he had some i think he had nine rebounds five rebounds uh so anyways just mint mint had nine Mince had nine. Uh, Mince was yeah. Mince had a great game too. I, I th- coach like what coach said. Coach said that you know he thought this was Mint's best floor game as as a, as a facilitator and just um, doing all the things basically right. So yeah, five yeah. assists. I think he pressed rebounds. on some shots. You know, if you look at the scoreboard or you look at the the box score, his stats all together look good, but the three of thirteen from you know the floor isn't great. Obviously, he went seven to eight from the free throw line to kind of he, to salvage. He he does this awkward shot thing sometimes that is trying to draw fouls, and 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 it kind of throws him off of his. He's trying to get the foul and it throws his shot off a tiny bit. Yeah. And this is kind of what Joe Girard is, used to do, or maybe even still does a little bit. But you know he he does that and and it kind of throws him off a little bit. But with that said, I don't. I, there's no frustration coming from me during that game with Syracuse taking bad shots. Like the UNC game, for instance, okay, juxtapose the two. Like it's not even close, right? I mean, it's right. just it's it's it is the difference of control in a game and catching up in a game too. So, but I thought that they 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 took good shots. I thought, how about Starling, dude? Speaking of shots, every this dude shoots these mid range shots that no one else has taken, and and mm-hmm. it, and it is like sometimes he's if they're fadeaways. Sometimes I mean, just it's just he's so. He's that is such his game, and he's so good at it. But yeah. when when it comes out of his hand, you're like, oh my gosh! And then it goes in. You're like, oh okay, all right. You know, it, that happened numerous times against Pitt. Yeah. So. Well, I thought early in the season. I mean, I think I thought that he showed that he had um, you know a mid range jump shot, and that you know the the talk was that he had the range to shoot three pointers. Um, and I mean, he he took the most three pointers against Pittsburgh for our team. He was two of five. Um, but seven and eleven, seven from eleven from the line. Like, yeah, he finished. Um, he made some great mid-range jumpers, and that's kind of what we're we're missing. You know, we we spoke about that. We need to be able to hit outside shots. And to the Malik Brown issue, um, you know, when you're having such as good success as he is, and he has, like, he's now become part of. Like, he's not just gonna sneak you know, down low around the basket and just get wide open shots like he had before because he really wasn't the big issue, you know, game plan for the opposing team, right? Like, who do we got to stop? Oh, we got to stop these, you know, Chris Bell and Justin Taylor from shooting threes and Judah and JJ from driving, you know, and then Malik Brown was kind of a, you know, afterthought, you know, he's just a solid player. Well, when he started scoring, now you're starting to see teams that are actually like, okay, we got to stop him on offense. Um, so I think that's realistically what's happening to Malik Brown, and that's that's what's going to happen um, because the other opposing team is going to look at who do we have to stop offensively, and let's make these guys score. Let's let let's let that guy shoot threes. Let's let that guy drive because you know what I mean. He doesn't. He's not very good at it. Like you play to their weaknesses, and um, that's why obviously it's incredibly difficult for Mintz some nights, and he still ends up in a three and thirteen shooting night, get, getting to the line eight times and still getting fourteen points, but. Um, but yeah, you're gonna need people like JJ Starling to step up. He needs to do that. These guys coming off the bench, they need to do that. Cuff's got to come in and hit a couple shots when he's in there. I mean, he plays 11 minutes, but he comes in and he, and he made a couple big shots. You know, Quadir Copeland, he's got to still do his thing. He's got to stay, you know, confident and positive. Same thing with Benny. Um, with these injuries, I think we need Benny now more than ever. And um, you know, I think it's one of those things where. Uh, I didn't mind Benny's foul. I didn't mind his technical. Uh, oh, I didn't either. It's a situation, especially him, where you know this team's got to be together, show some, you know? show some. Yeah, yeah. You're you're sticking up for your boys on the ground. He's trying to get up. Yeah, and he and called a timeout. By the way, too, he was calling a timeout. Yeah, he was. But we've questioned, you know, how how players have acted, you know, and on on the bench and and how you know, good of a team player they are when they're not in the game. Uh, and even some coaches I've listened to, you know, some, you know, I, I tell you, I listen, go back and listen to the, some clips from the ESPN, the local ESPN, you know, in Syracuse radio shows, and they interview the coaches and stuff all the time. But um, 
you know, they they always talk about even if you're on the, the bench, like, you need to be into the game. You need to be cheering for because you got to keep, you know, you got to keep that drive in there. You know what I mean? If you're just sitting down feeling sorry for yourself, you're not in the game, you're not watching, you're not mentally prepared. Then when you go in and you finally get a chance, then, you know, how are you going to react? So um, that was that was big for me to see Benny come in and to get him to like old Benny, Benny Williams that we used to, you know, question what his deal was and his attitude and this, this and that. I think he would have just walked away from that. And the other night he got in there and he stuck up for his teammate, um, played a solid 19 minutes. And, uh, you know, it's just if he can give us that. I think that he can eventually give us more. I mean, he shot three of four. He was shooting confident, um, took better shots in North Carolina. So we're going to need him. Yeah, well, yeah. I wish there was... One thing is we're tough. I mean, we're a tough team. I think, yeah, um, I was saying that. Does... I, think we're res- I think we're resilient. I think that, you know, if we lose, we're not, it's not, we're not going to, you know, let it, that one game, you know, beat us in the next. We're going to move forward from that. Um I'm excited to see how we can develop Hema and Carrie and get them in, you know. Well, Carrie's the... just a little green. He's just he's kind of slap happy. But No, yeah. Well, that's the thing, but you know, but the problem is is that now he's up with the ones, right? Or now he's when they're scrimmaging, he's getting more he's getting more attention from the coaches, you know. And in in season coaches tend to put more not to say that they're not coaching everybody, right? But when you know Naheem's going to start and Peter Carey's probably not going to come in, and when it comes down to game planning and working on specific stuff that might work against teams, you know, they're working more with the guys that are going to get the minutes. And um, those guys are the guys that tend to develop more in season. Um, so, yeah, now that Naheem's out of the picture and, and Patterson is redshirting, these are your guys. Uh, you know what Malik Brown can do, but what can, you know, how can you prepare Hema and Carey and develop them in season to help? Um, like you said, they're both kind of green. We don't know. We, I mean, we Hema, we saw flashes last yeah, year where we, we thought he could. He's he's less green than Peter Carey, but, I mean, Peter Carey played seven minutes, got four fouls. Hey. But, I mean, the fouls to give. Did you I hear, mean, obviously did you hear the, coach? He, um, no. I mean, I listened to it, but what did I miss? Well, it was just funny. He was like, you know, Peter, I thought he came in and he, he played well. We needed his fouls. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> It's true. Like, no, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, we needed it the fouls because you know we had Malik Brown in trouble early, and um, you know if that's exactly there was bodies we used, and I don't remember who I don't remember who it was anymore, but we used to throw there was someone we used to throw down there when I think Chuku got in trouble, and we're like, oh yeah, it's just a just it's extra fouls, you know, because that's what he basically came in for. Chuku gets right. in trouble. Someone came in, took the fouls, and and then you know at 10, 10 minutes later, Chuka's back in. So, um, but yeah, um, well, let's head over to Twitter here at Cuse Waterboy Two. Keep building Syracuse beats all the teams it should, and as they continue to gel, we'll knock off one of the big boys. And you know, to this point, Syracuse is just they're they're they they're. they're they're chalk, like I, I keep saying. I mean, they're doing, I think, what they're supposed to be doing. With that said, though, it's not easy to beat a team twice, and it's not easy to beat any of these ACC teams at home. Fortunately for us, Pitt's crowd stunk. And, you know, other than the beginning of the game, Syracuse took them out pretty quickly. And, um, you know, I, I really do think that, you know, you compare a that pit crowd to the past couple years is is night and day. I mean, we mm. you know it has its ups and its downs, and and let's be honest, so do we. So, um, but yeah, they're they're beating the teams that they should, and and I I mean I just want to uh, I want to get against one of these big dogs and not be totally out of our league and embarrassed, um, you know, because that UNC game was. I mean, I got you and buddies of mine that are UNC fans that don't usually say anything. We're dogging the piss out of us. So um, one of them was at the game. Mm. So anyway, uh, let's see. At Dave Super, uh, pleasantly surprised they could have easily folded after the UNC game. I was afraid the season was going to spiral after seeing that poor effort and negative body language. Hats off to coaches for lighting a fire under their asses. Let's effing go. So look, um, they yeah they could have easily folded. 
We talked about that. They could have easily folded after Duke. You know, they haven't. They they lost two in a row once um, this season, but they've that was that tournament, and um, they've bounced back at each each of these losses that were pretty brutal. So um, it's good to see. Like we said, the resilient. You know, um, one thing I'll say about the UNC game, man, I was very very sad in the effort of that game. And I know for them that it probably felt like a 60 or 80 minute game than a 40 minute game, but it was disheartening. So, um, and I'm just calling it like I see it and look, I was hoping for a running clock or something (laughs) as embarrassing as that would be. It was embarrassing anyway. Uh, Let's not just, let's just get it over with. So, um, anyway, uh, oh boy, at oil cues. Hell yes. This is awesome. F pit and their annoying fans. Actually, I didn't look, it didn't look like they had many fans there. I remember the old days of the biggies when they would have a full house. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was a snowstorm there or something. By the way, Captain Patrick, um, texted me, uh, laughing about how, uh, Corey Alexander, our, one of our favorite broadcasters, kept they kept wondering why the crowd was booing Judah. Well, this crowd really doesn't like Judah Mintz. I, I, I don't know why. What he, what he must have done for them to boo him like this. And uh, Patrick uh, texted me saying, well, hey, dumbass. He, committed, he decommitted from Pitt to go to Q's. So, hello. By the way, a kind of a classless move, too. Not to mention... Like I'd be embarrassed if our if our fans were booing a decommit. Wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they're only booing them because they got the worst end of it. <laughs> well, yeah, know? obviously, yeah. Anybody I mean, would be pissed to watch Judah playing for anybody if he decommitted from them. Um, well, they were probably happy in the beginning because Dior Johnson. You know, I mean. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. We were looking for that matchup. Better. We were looking for that. Remember, we we talked about that. We're like, man, I can't wait for Dior Johnson and Judah Mintz to face off Syracuse yeah. Pitt. And homeboy never saw the floor. That's too bad. <laughs> uh, at Drew Cuse, nice effort tonight. Breakdown, uh, breakout game for JJ. Um, I mean, it was his best game. We've seen what he could do. Uh, especially inside the arc, right? I mean, he's just—he's just—he's a, a good—he's got a good jump shot. He's got a killer jump shot, and it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's pretty to watch. It's scary at first until it goes in. Uh, at no Blanchard forty four, was this hostile environment we're supposed to be worried about? Uh, we shot the lights out for once and played good enough defense. I'm proud of the guys for putting the UNC, be- UNC game behind them and focusing on the task at hand. Next up, Miami in the Dome. Need it to be packed. Yeah, Miami. <clears throat> well, I think we're um, same record as Miami, too. 12-5, 3-3. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's going to be, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough go on the road, I think, for – anyone in the ACC and I think that bodes well for us. What, what is this game Saturday at noon? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see Syracuse can, yeah. can wake up a little bit. I know the weather's not supposed to be great. Um, well, it doesn't matter. They play in a dome. Yeah, I know, but you got to drive there, right? Well, the roads are bad. Uh, you know, you know how that goes. Oh. Yeah. Hulk will might. <clears throat> <suspended. clears throat> um, easy. No, there's a, there's a lot on Facebook, too, about, you know, obviously J.J. came up big, played as a team, talking about come, how they bounced back from, you know, I'm not going to read every single one of them, but how they bounced back from an ugly game against UNC. Um, let's see, some with some meat. Uh, so, Michael, the team played very well today. Benny had some arc on those jumpers and fought for the ball. It was encouraging. I thought Kerry gave them good limited minutes too. We won by double figures with two points out of Malik. Good win. Everyone contributed. Yeah, those two points for Malik, I think, were the first two of the game. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> what, is that, isn't that right? I think it was. I do not remember. I, I thought it was. Maybe it was. I thought it was a dunk, like first points of the game to Malik Brown. Almost positive. Mm. Um, what was the. There was another part of that I was going to say something about. What was the beginning uh, of that? 
Benny had some arc on those jumpers oh, on top oh, of the ball. That, that's it. That's it. How about that Copeland three-point buzzer beater? That thing had some arc on it. Did you see that thing? Oh, yeah. That was pretty awesome. That that was that was kind of a um that was kind of a, a big shot for that being that early in the game too, I feel like. That I mean that was demoralizing for some. Some being yeah. pit. Um <laughs> at let's just call him Austin. Oh, A Berghart one. Good shooting performance. Starling was money and Copeland playing with aggression. Glad this team got a win. After the losses we after the losses we take, they always find a way to get back on track. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of that in here. I, I think that that's one thing you can say about this team for sure is how resilient they are and how um, how good they are at, at at just fighting back. You know, we didn't see them fighting back against Duke. UNC, you got to be perfect to even be in those games. I mean, those those teams just aren't aren't they're just not going to have bad games. And the chances are, if they do, it's not going to be against Syracuse. <laughs> so, because that's not our luck. So, you know, I mean, we've we've been lucky enough this year. I feel like you could look at Pitt the other night and say, you know what, Pitt had a bad game, and <clears throat> they were missing stuff so close to the rim. It looked like last year's Syracuse team. So. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, there was, yeah. there, there was, they were not doing well. What did they shoot from the floor? 35.4%. No, I thought that we also, we, we moved the ball better as a team. And I mean, we had a lot of open shots. So like you said earlier, it was good shot selection. We didn't take a lot of bad shots. So it's a little bit easier to shoot a good percentage when you're shooting good open shots. Yeah, because well, um, Pitt's defense just wasn't that impressive. I mean, Syracuse is able to pretty much do what they wanted to do, and um, you don't always get that. So I think this whole year so far, Syracuse has done a really good job of moving the ball on offense. I mean, there, there was a couple games early where they were standing around a little bit, but it's not like – I mean, juxtapose it to last year. No, yeah, I mean, that's the last couple of years, something yeah. completely different. So, But, yeah, I mean, I think that just against some of the teams with better talent, the better teams and the ones we've lost to, I think once we get down a certain amount of points and it's a certain point in the game, then that's when we start pressing and, and going fast. And I think a lot of people sometimes do too much and they're trying to do too much, and that results in bad shots. And then I think that we've seen that in every game that we've lost this year. So it's one of the keys right there. Just don't get in that position. Right. Right. Exactly. That, and that's just it though. I mean, it's easier said than done, but when, when when you do, it just depends on the team you're playing. You know, I mean, you remember last year in this game almost went this way. Was it Pitt last year that came back and beat us twice after we had some pretty, uh, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I know what you're talking about. There was for one game we were up a lot. It was like 17 or something like that, or 17 mm-hmm. or 19, and they came back to win. And um, last year it was Miami. We had a hell of a lead on Miami last year, and they came back to win. Um, and, yep. that, and that was a game we really could have used at the time. So, you know, last night it kind of looked like that again. That's one thing that Syracuse really hasn't done this year is blow a lead. They've been able to finish games. And um, that's not something we could say they were doing a couple years ago or the last year or a couple, you know, the last few years. Well, so, I mean, we've blown leads, but we finished the game. Well, right, right, right. We've blown I'm, I'm, blew a lead, right? But yes. You're talking about blowing a lead I'm and talking losing. about blowing a lead and just collapsing and losing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, just, it's just, you know, it's good to see. And like I said, it, it's kind of like winning the games you should win and, you know, losing the games that no one's expecting you to win anyway. Not that that's good. I think we need to have one to hang our hats on. But um, like Cuse Waterboy said in, in the comments, I mean, if you keep knocking these ones down, I think it's bound to come. But, you know, it ain't easy in the ACC. It's still one of the best basketball conferences out there. I don't care what anybody says. Um, right. At Breaking Orange 44, if Benny can play like this every game, it would be a huge lift. JJ's shot is coming around nicely, especially in the mid-range. Brown needs some help down low. Well, Brown's the best option down there, so what is that going to tell you? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he needs help. He needs, uh, he, he needs, you know, Peter Carey to develop 
soon. So, in look, it's probably not going to be this year, but he'll come into his own. Remember when we used to not, we didn't used to make fun of him, but we talked about Jesse Edwards. Like, oh my gosh. You remember? Yeah. Like, he's so big and he's got this frame on him and he's just so weak with the ball. Like, what are you doing? It's like, and then he just 180 it on us, you know? And who knows? Peter Carey, oh, yeah. Peter Carey could be the next one, you know? Naheem McLeod, we were looking, really, really looking for that. 7-4? I mean, come on. That sucks. It's, oh, yeah. That sucks. So Because, I mean, there's there's games like North Carolina where we could have used him. I feel like that would have been, like, where we would have saw that he, I think, where his value could have been. Yeah, because, but, yeah, because exactly. Baycott's just going to hang around down there anyway. Yeah. So, um, all right, Joe, if you got anything else from Facebook, finish it up. But that is all I got from Twitter. Okay, yeah. So basically just a couple. One's a little bit more now. I'll do the negative one first. Brian from Facebook. It was necessary. Don't like how many rebounds we gave Pittsburgh on the offensive glass, but nice to see we can make three-pointers on occasion against a scrub team. We've got to win six of the next eight with a good win in the mix to be in the dance conversation. Winning tonight definitely is a good step. What did we talk and... about? Ken Pomeroy had us at, at preseason Pre- oh yeah, nine preseason predictions. Yeah, nine and something. I mean, you know, we got yeah, a, we got a couple more on the schedule that are that are, you know, completely winnable games. This, yeah, this Wake Forest team is something else, huh? Yeah, that's um, yeah. Wake Forest and even Georgia Tech. I watched them come back. They were down like, I want to say something like seven or nine points in a minute and a half against Clemson. Came back. Won in the over, double overtime, actually, ended up winning the game. And, and we so, got to play Boston College again, too. Yep. So then, so last one, uh, my brother Alex, uh, first squad, uh, first quad one win, it feels like in three years, lol. And of course, as we all know, he said that before we knew that that was going to drop out of quad one win. But I, I was wondering, uh, it was right on the cusp. So, yep. And uh, he says, and huge bounce back from Carolina, who I knew would kill us, but we bounced back. So far, this team is doing what it needs to do to keep the resume tournament ready. Yeah, can a resume that's basic get you into the tournament? No bad losses, no good wins. I mean, define a good win, though. Well, I mean, it's all going to, I mean, it's got to be somewhat taken into consideration what the net rankings are, right? I mean, define a bad loss. You know, you got to go by record, placement in the ACC. By the way, um, you know, it's the time of year to start looking at that stuff. We're halfway through the year. Yeah. Um, So I, I don't do, if you're asking me what they look at, I no one knows. Uh, right. No one right. knows. But what I'm saying, let's just put it this way. I mean, realistically, uh, I mean, the Oregon game is a big one. You know, obviously getting this game on the road is a big one. Um, but right now, being 12 and 5, I mean, 17 games in, this is the best record we've had in our first 17 games since the 2018 2019 season when we were 12 and 5. Um, and we went to the tournament that year. So uh, you look at some of these other seasons. I mean, even last year, um, you know, after 17 games, we were 11 and six. But that three of our losses was St. John's, Bryant and Colgate. So, I mean, we already started the ACC play and gotten to deep into the season with a big old, you know, couple big smears on our resume. Right. Right now, I mean, you can say one thing or another, but I don't think you can say our non-conference strength of schedule was, wasn't hard. Um, and uh, you can't say that we didn't go in a neutral court and beat a solid squad like in Oregon. So uh, realistically, you can make little, you can poke little holes in certain things, but like you said, I mean, we haven't, it's just how, we still are at this point where we don't know how good we are. 
I think like where I, how, I think how good do. are we? I don't I don't know. Are we good? Are we bad? I mean, because we are beating decent squads. I mean, we're, you look we're, at a Pitt, Pittsburgh, Boston College. I mean, they might not be the upper echelon of the ACC, but they're still solid schools. We're we're middle of the pack, ACC team. I mean, it's clear to me. I mean, we're we're right there at mediocre. You got to have one come to you though. You got to get get that big one. I mean, <clears throat> and I'm just looking at if you just look at beaten just look at it if you look at beaten pit twice and you know on the Oregon game we all know has an asterisk but um Boston College if you can beat them at, at um home we're playing them at home right next no yeah we are so if you can pull those sweeps off I mean that's good but you go play a Duke and you play a North Carolina and get blown out both times I mean it's just this just shows you like what tier you're at, and you're not near that tier, so you're kind of in the middle. You know, I mean, there's teams like um, Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's not doing great. You know, um, with yeah. a seven. We're at we're at Boston College next. Too. Yeah, Notre Dame's seven and eleven. You know, Virginia Tech ten and seven. You know, oh yeah, there's definitely some some squads that we thought would be. I mean, Virginia Tech's down a little bit. Um, Florida State is five and one, albeit they haven't really. I think the real played. test is going to be. I think a good test for Syracuse is going to be Clemson. I know they dropped out of the top twenty-five, but that's going to be a good gauge because Clemson's a good team. Yeah, I mean, it's we're. I think we have a bunch of gauges, right? I mean, you look at the next seven games in the ACC; none of them are ranked. So only one that we've played is Boston College. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you, I think the next three games are real realistically the biggest. I mean, that's that's going to kind of separate it right there because they're all home games: home against Miami, home against Florida State, home against NC State. And when you look at the ACC standings, you're talking about Florida State and NC State are both five and one currently right now in the ACC. So they're up there right behind North Carolina and second and third tied for second in the ACC. So, and obviously Miami being a, you know, a final four team last year, I know they lost a couple of players. We'll get to that in a minute, but they're still a solid squad too. I mean, they started out the season in ranked. So preseason ranked. So, yeah, I mean, they're still not terrible. They've just, well, well let's just get into it right now. You're talking about Miami. Just get into it right now. Yeah. Um, the all-time series between Syracuse and Miami sits at 20-12 and 12 in favor of the Orange. Um, Miami, though, they're on a three-game win streak. Uh, past three games um, kind of handled us a little bit. I mentioned the one last year. Um, ended up losing 82-78. to 78. Mince, Gerard, Edwards, Bell, and Williams. You're starting five. Edwards, 25 points and 11 rebounds. And Gerard with 21 points. And that was the game uh, we had a pretty healthy lead and ended up blowing it. Uh, Syracuse. Uh, these Syracuse Orange men were 13 and five versus Miami Hurricanes in the Big East Conference. Miami was the first team Syracuse would play in the eight, as an ACC member on January 4th, 2014, with the Orange winning 49 to 44. Real barn burner there. Uh, the first time the two teams met was in 1963. Syracuse would up fate, upset the favored Hurricanes and their star Rick Barry, 86 to 85 in overtime, with Dave Bing, Dave Bing leading the way. For the Orange men with 29 points, all that from orangehoops.org. Miami, like I mentioned earlier, they're sitting 12 and 5, 3 and 3 in the ACC. They got wins over Notre Dame, Clemson, and Virginia Tech, and losses to Wake Forest, Louisville, and Florida State. Currently, they're sixth in the ACC standings, and Syracuse is currently seventh. So, uh, right there in the mix of all this, honestly, uh, to some degree. Um, there's four guys shooting over 40% from three for Miami. Uh, Wooga Poplar, 47.6%. He's 40 for 84. Matthew Cleveland at 42.6%. He's 20 for 47. Nigel Pack, who's 41.8%, 33 for 79. And Keyshawn George, who is 42.6%, 29 for 68. So that worries me. Their top four scores are uh, Norchad O'Meara with 17.2 points a game, uh, Wooga Poplar 15.9, Cleveland with 15.5, and Pack with 14. Those 62.6 points a game are good enough for 75% of Miami's average scoring per game. So, um, got 
got some scores, and um, they're you know, we all know who Nigel Pack is, and we all know who um, Norchad Amir is from last year. It's his second year too. So um, as a team, they're hitting forty nine point one percent from the field, seventy seven percent from the line, and thirty nine point six percent from three. So I, I keyed in. This is going to be the be- probably the best three point shooting team that I think we're going to be facing up to this point. So. Uh, can they hit like they've been hitting? Can they stay consistent? I don't know, but I feel like I feel like this year we've really had some decent luck with with stopping these guys shooting the way they've been shooting coming into games against us. Now, there's four of them though that are over forty percent, so that's it, things are a little bit different when. When you talk about four of them, you got one or two. Okay. We, we got four of them. Um, who knows, uh, how that can go And with our luck. Well, you know, so Joe, um, I don't know what you got. We got some, we had some guys leave, right? We had, um, our, yeah. So they lost, uh, Isaiah boy, Wong, yeah, and, Isaiah Wong. um, Jordan Miller and realistically, uh, I mean, two of the bigger impact player guys, um, especially, I mean, obviously just for their team that went to the Final Four last year, but also against us. Um, You know, Isaiah Wong, obviously, he was, you know, the captain, the guy that's been their leader. Um, But Jordan Miller was that guy that was that glue guy that he played in the middle of that 2-3 zone right at the free throw line. And Ormir, he he played this, you know, obviously the, the baseline and, they got a lot of easy buckets. I do. I believe Jordan Miller. I want to say he had a triple double against us last year, um, playing in there. Uh, so, um, yeah, wasn't it some record he broke too, or something like that? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. So, um, so obviously they return Amir and Poplar and Peck in the um, in the starting rotation from last year from a Final Four team. Um, they brought in Matthew Cleveland, transfer from Florida State. Um, who's pretty pretty solid player. He's one of their better players over there to come in and kind of take uh, Jordan Miller's spot. And um, then obviously Bensley Joseph, who played, who's I think one of their first guys off the bench, plays pretty good defense. He's now in the starting rotation, the 6-2 guard. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if we were still playing 2-3 zone, I would be a lot more worried about this game. I think that when you look at how this whole team kind of stacks up, um, you know, you know the freshman Keyshawn George is six eight, but he's a guard. You know, so like you said he shoots a lot of threes, so he's out there in the perimeter a lot. Um, and then obviously, I know that they bring in uh, they have a freshman center from Canada, six ten, uh, Michael Nwoko. and uh, I think they believe I believe they bring in uh, AJ Casey, um, a sophomore, six nine forward every once in a while. But um, Omir, he's he's a big guy, two forty, but he's only late listed at six, six seven. seven. Yeah. So um, I think that you know there is going to be a situation where Malik Brown, with his length, will be able to give him problems. Obviously, his big body and getting in position could give Malik Brown uh, problems. But overall, when you want to talk about height and the fact that they are probably going to go to you know three guards, four guards set, um, it kind of matches up for who we play in in our roster right um so you know they got their starters when you look at pack six foot Penn bensley joseph six two um no, poplar six five and matthew cleveland six seven so with a not with a with an omira six seven so i think that that matches we match up pretty well against them and with the amount of depth that we have versus the depth they have then i think that kind of gives us an upper hand um and they are also on a what they've lost three out of the four last games in the ACC, so they're on a little bit of a slump, and they got to come up to uh, snowy Syracuse to try to try to get out of that. Um, so you know, obviously, this matchup, just like I'm sure you know, the next podcast we have when we have uh, <clears throat> our pregame about Florida State and how in the beginning of the season we probably thought they were going to be near the bottom and we weren't worried about them. Um, I think that Miami, I think they were looked at as, you know, one of the better teams right after, you know, Duke, North Carolina and right in the same, you know, conversation with Virginia and uh, Clemson. And 
these last four games, I don't think, you know, they've really been playing up to their playing up to their capabilities. So, I mean, it's a team that obviously can get hot and hit threes to, to what you spoke about with, with the stats that you threw out there. Um, but just as far as against us, I think that we actually match up pretty well. Um, they got this Florida state's got, the, um, that VCU transfer, Jameer Watkins is lead, mm-hmm. leading almost every category. Uh, for their team so yep you know it gets a little different when when you, i mean look i'm not taking anything away from but it gets a little different when you got that one guy you know and, yeah in well, i know miami has a few guys and i i told i i totally um agree and understand the point about the um playing man instead of zone with this is obviously much better right i mean you're yeah. gonna get torched if you play zone against this but yeah. I will, I will say that, you know, I just am all, all, always cautiously optimistic in this situation. When I see those kind of numbers, those are, those num- those are big numbers. Yeah. So, and, right. and but to your point, but though, I, I mean, do feel like it's a good matchup. Like, I feel like it's a good matchup and, and, you know, maybe for the first time in three games, we can, we can take home one, especially being that it's at home. So, yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to be honest with your your roster and your capabilities. You know, the past couple of years, you know, we've we've worried about the athleticism at the guard position. Right. But um, we really weren't worried about center because Jesse's been holding down the fort. You know, we lose a couple guys, bring some guys in, you know, change a coach team turns over a little bit. Um you got to kind of look at your depth and what you have. And in the beginning of the season, I thought we were in a situation where we pretty much had the depth and the personnel to play against any type of team. Um, obviously, we found out that, you know, Naheem McLeod was a little bit more raw than we thought he was and that we assumed he, he'd come along as the season went on. And, then, you know, there was some positives. You know, he's got, a, he's got a bunch of blocks for the amount of minutes that he has. Um, but, well, he ought um, But now that now that he's out for the season and we see what, what we got on our roster and we see what happened against North Carolina, you know, now there's certain teams where you look at them and they're like, wow, you got size and you play physical like that. That's going to be tough. No matter what your record is against us. Cause I mean, obviously sports is, is a game, it's a game of matchups. So now looking at this situation, it's like, okay, well I'm not worried about, you know, getting crazy out rebound. Right. So, you know, there's that port. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. I'm be honest, I haven't watched any Miami games. I have not either. So, I haven't been able to watch them actually play. I'm just going off of what's on paper. And when you go off of what's on paper, sometimes it can be a little different than what reality is, right? So, mm, yeah. Well, and that too. And the fact of like, I mean, I know that three pointers isn't everything, but if you had those three or four players, if well, they've been shooting 40% from the three point line, then it's hard for me to. to I'm sitting here wondering how they've lost three of the last four. Well, I mean, and that's it's a good because point. Because they're shooting Maybe bad. They're trying what to... were they shooting before? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, I totally get it. And it's just, I think Syracuse fans uh, like me have, you know, three point bucket PTSD. And you're right. A lot of that was zone stuff. But with that said, when someone gets hot, someone gets hot. But this year, people have not had good luck. The defense has been good enough to stop it. So, mm-hmm. um, what did we say last game? Oh, we didn't do Pitt. We did do UNC. No, we, we did do UNC we though. And we both were terrible. No, I mean, I we, mean you probably won because I had us, I think I, I would, you, you, I would have single digits. Yeah. I had it 10 points. What was it? 36. <sighs> Boards. Huh? Was it, was it 36? It's the spread not to be named. Worst worst loss Ever. since joining the ACC conference. That sucks. Um, okay, so here's the deal. At home, like I said, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I'm hoping that the crowd shows out. It is conference play, and I think there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of excitement around this team. I think there's a lot of excitement, uh, just people getting excited for what's going on with the football team and the women's basketball team. 
And I think that, you know, we're going to get a decent crowd out there. So, and this is a big, I think this is a big game. It's a big game. It's a, it's kind of, it's, I won't say it's a must win, but it's, I think it's, I feel like it's one of the games we should win. And I, cause I don't know what's Miami's going to do the rest of the year, but I want this one. So, especially since they beat us the last three games. So, uh, I'm going to say it's a little difficult. My, my, our, both of us have been terrible at scores. I'm going to say it bas- basketball is tough. 78, 74, 75, 78, 75, Syracuse. They haven't had many of those like cardiac cues games this year. In fact, I can't think of one. Can you? Holgate was pretty rough. Yeah, it wasn't a cardiac cues game though. It was exciting though. Yeah. I'm talking about like a you know, it comes down to final possession, game's tight type stuff, you know. Those are the Yeah, worst. I don't want to come down to any of those. Huh? Huh? I don't want to come down anyway. Didn't we lose a game like that last year? Early? Oh, dude, you're racking my brain from from last year. I don't know. No, I'm just saying. I I'm sure there was. There was. A I'm sure there was. I know there was a situation where there was like a charge called on Judah against North Carolina last year, and then I think something else happened at the end of the game one time. I think it was against Miami as well. So, um, no, I actually I like our chances too, um, and I. Honestly, um, my score was going to actually be very, very close to yours, but I'm going to go a little bit higher with offense. So I'm going to go Syracuse 81 and Miami 74. Okay. All right. Good. We shall see what happens. Okay. Well, hopefully, again, a noon game on Saturday to set the table. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not a huge fan of the noon games myself, but it's okay. That's my errand running time. But <laughs> I guess that shall be interrupted. Plus, my nine-year-old has a has a <clears throat> birthday party he's invited to. That's always fun. When is it? Saturday? Yeah. When? What time is it? Noon. So I don't know if I'll be live. Here's the thing. I always say I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be live, but I have, I'm, I, I will be that guy at a kid's birthday party watching <laughs> basketball on my phone. It, don't, it does not embarrass me at all. I don't care. And if anyone asks, I'll tell them what I'm doing because I don't care. It is what it is. I mean, hey, I'm here. Be happy I brought the damn kid. You know what I'm saying? Bought you. It's for the kid, right? Yeah. It's not for me. What the hell do I care? <laughs> I get you get your kid a gift. I brought my kid. I'm gonna watch my game. You don't mind? <laughs> so whatever. What you don't want to mingle? No, I'll mingle. Frick. Um, all right. That is gonna do it for us. Yeah, I'm the mingler. Uh th- that's gonna do it for us. We should be back here Sunday. Uh sporadic absences. We apologize. Uh, but we should be back here Sunday. We'll talk about Florida State. We'll talk about Miami. Joe, Sean, we're out. Peace.